episode 12 of Lifting the Kilt on Men's Health, a podcast series run by Men's Health Down Under. Each episode will focus on a different area of men's health. And again today, along with our regular guest Brad Butt, pharmacist and founder of Men's Health Down Under, we are really pleased to be joined by Jamie Boulder, who is a specialist men's health physiotherapist from Set2 Physio in Canberra. Today, Jamie, along with Brad, will be discussing the use of physiotherapy for the treatment of Peyronie's disease which from my perspective is something I'd not really heard about before, but affects up to 16% of men. Hi again, Brad, and a special welcome to Jamie. Thanks, Warwick. Welcome, Jamie. Oh, thank you. Jamie, um, an interesting one, and I know before we came on just now, we were talking about uh, you know the the effect of the, well the benefit that physiotherapy can have on erectile function um, as well as Peyronie's disease. So we might touch on that a bit um, because I think it is it is relevant and all sort of ties in together. So so for the listeners, Peyronie's disease is where the penis as it becomes erect can bend. Uh, that's the most common presentation, but it can also it can also change shape a bit. So you can end up you know, with a bit of a narrowing or, or a rubber band effect on the penis where you get this tightening and doesn't become erect normally, uh, which can result in pain and obviously make it hard to have intercourse. Jamie, what, um, what's, your, what's your take on Peronis? What are, you know, what are, you, you, what are you seeing? Well, yeah, you, the, the research shows that I think one in 10 men will develop Peronis in their lifetime. Um, post-prostatectomy, it's uh, one in six will develop uh, Peronis disease or may develop. Um, and so then there's this there's this group of patients out there that we we really need to help out. So uh, Peyronie's disease, as you said, is a curvature or deformity of the penis, and it uh, can be really quite painful. And Jamie, I, I, I mean, we talked about on a previous podcast we we covered a fair bit on Peyronie's, so I won't get into that. But it, I find it interesting you mentioned that it's actually more frequent, perhaps, in the guys who have undergone prostate cancer surgery, so prostatectomy. What, what's the story there? What's going on? Yeah, so um, with uh, obviously uh, post-prostatectomy, you've, you've got a, a pathway of um, a penile rehab, uh, and the penile rehab is, is, is essentially all about delivering blood flow to the penis um, to be able to, you know, to gain erection, but not just about the erection, uh, for the connective tissue health. Now, uh, for some men who choose not to go down that pathway, uh, or do not choo- choose not to um, complete pelvic floor exercises for whatever reason, it makes it a little bit hard for that blood flow to occur, if, if any. So with that comes atrophy of connective tissue and then obviously the, a, a disease like Peyronie's is a little bit more able to kick off, as well as there's um, you know, genetic uh, sort of predispositions. Uh, one is, uh, du- I can never say the word, Dupotrons, and letterhouse, letterhouse is in the plantar fascia, and Dupatrons is, um, you know, of Nordic descent, where you get, uh, a, it's a, I think it's of the fibromatosis family, where you get the uh, basically uh, fibrotic and then lo- lo- ultimately leading to plaque buildup in tendon structures. So, um, and for some men, that's what they've got, and then that's that one in ten people. But also too, uh, younger men uh, are now becoming a little bit more aware of Peyronie's disease related to, for example, a penile fracture uh, during sex. And so, you know, in the UK, and especially over the COVID period, I noticed uh, there's a uh, UK physio uh, called Jared Green. And so he's, in his coursework, talks a lot about um, uh, hard flaccid syndrome. Again, sort of on the next little journey of uh, Peronis, but it's related to jelking, which is, 
you know, aggressive sort of stretching of the penis, which again can cause trauma. So there, there's other areas there that can lead to trauma of the penis, let alone being predisposed to it anyway. I mean, beyond beyond being uncomfortable and perhaps impacting on exercise, I assume for a lot of guys it would be a fairly uncomfortable topic, you know, with 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 a loved one uh, if it's impacting on the intimacy. And I guess often they don't necessarily go and seek help for it. And we know that by seeking help early, more can be done. But I, I suppose I'm interested to know, Jamie, as a physio, what what are you, what are you seeing done? What are you what are your suggestions, recommendations to guys that have got um, Peroni's disease, be it as a result of a fracture of the penis, you know, during intercourse or stretching, or or as a result of having had their prostate surgery, you know, what what what's the? And I know it's going to be a bit patient specific, but what sort of things can you do to help diagnose, but also to treat? Yeah, so probably what what from a physio perspective, um, my journey uh, looking into Peronis um, started with a, a, a podcast I heard by Dr. Joe Milios and uh, Melissa Hadley Barrett. Uh, talking about Peroni. So that was sort of really, again, opened my eyes to this patient cohort that's out there. So from a patient perspective seeking treatment, um, if they presented to a physio that doesn't do this, well, that's probably not going to do any use to them. But if they presented to someone that's working in men's health, uh, there are avenues there um, from a physio perspective using therapeutic ultrasound, you know, at certain parameters in the early stage of the Peroni's development. And that helps through uh, Dr. Joe Milios's research work, which was a paper published in August last year, and I believe it's the 8th of August because I read it the other day, and it was the result of 12 sessions of therapeutic ultrasound, which is using the ultrasound directly applied over the area of the Peroni's disease, um, had amazing results in improving uh, reduced pain as well as improving uh, the curvature of the penis. So um, in conjunction, in discussion with um, actually Dr. Milios, uh, that's now led on to uh, applying early days, but applying focus shockwave therapy. So there, there are things there that um, we can do from a physio perspective. Um, therapeutic ultrasound, as you might know, is sort of the thing in physio that's really probably laughed about these days, really, because it was probably said to have done things that it didn't do. But funny enough, the two things I know it works for a Peroni's disease and mastitis. There you go, there you Mast- go. mastitis as well. Uh, so, so Jamie, what? This might sound silly, but what's the difference between normal ultrasound and therapeutic ultrasound? Is is is, is there a difference? Yeah. So you could think about therapeutic ultrasound. Is most physio clinics have one in the cupboard somewhere, and so uh, the therapeutic ultrasound is like a baby version of the focused shockwave therapy machine. So the shock the Focus shockwave therapy machine. So most, again, some practices will have a radial shockwave therapy machine and, you know, that may, may have at some stage set them back between fifteen dollars and $20,000. Now, a focus shockwave machine will set you back about $40,000 for a practice. The therapeutic ultrasound, if it's about price, this gives you an indication as well, the therapeutic ultrasound will set you back about $1,500. Right. That's for a clinic-based one. Now, the therapeutic ultrasound, uh, it's just a low, lower level of cavitation to the connective tissue at that at that area, the focused shockwave. Now, the focused shockwave has been developed out of, you could imagine, um, a device that would break apart kidney stones. Yep. Okay, so then it's a much more targeted treatment and it's pinpoint accurate to what's going on in the connective tissue. It helps break down that fibrotic, mat- fibrotic matter as well as any plaque buildup as well. So that's what the thinking is. 
So the exact cellular sort of changes, they're, you know, they're not hypothesised, but they're certainly gaining traction in research. Um, Because it's pretty, uh, I mean, it's it's obviously expensive for physios to get into it. You know, the, the... Shockwave therapy, you know, the device at forty grand's not not cheap. Um, so I can imagine that, you know, some physios might look at getting just the therapeutic ultrasound device at fifteen hundred. But but it, I might just point out that some of the traction devices that you can buy, that the urologists are getting patients to use for Peyronie's disease, you know, some of them are upward of fifteen hundred bucks. So I guess my point is that some of the some of the stuff that the physios are doing you know you, with with the advice of the physio you could actually purchase these things outright you know, and do it, do it yourself at home with the right advice is that you, yeah you certainly could so um, certainly those patients that are remote in remote areas uh, therapeutic ultrasound under the right guidance mm. um, would be be easily be applied the thing about the therapeutic ultrasound is the study by dr joe milios was three times a week for four weeks so going into a clinic for three times a week for you know, four weeks, you know, there's all of that movement. And with everything going on at the moment, that's probably not possible. Mm. But certainly home-based treatment, you could do five days a week for four weeks. It's, there's no contraindication to, to more is in this sort of um, treatment modality. Um, so yeah, it's early days still. The, the research is growing. Um, but certainly if you're looking at a, like a multimodal approach, you would have uh, certainly uh, initial phase of therapeutic ultrasound, followed by shockwave therapy with as tolerated penis pump use and traction device and also just manual stretching of the area. So that's really important as well. So, and not not to leave out, the most important part is the uh, pelvic floor exercises, which plays a huge part in recovering from peronies. I suspect a lot of blokes would be unaware of that because most of what we see if you hop on the internet and do a quick Google search is, is manual traction, and um, maybe a bit of ultrasound and there's a few other weird and wonderful things that could be prescribed medication-based. Some of them are quite good and others a bit, a bit dubious. Uh, but the pelvic floor is really interesting. And, and, and I, as a, as a pharmacist and, so, and a men's health enthusiast, was largely unaware of that. Do you want to elaborate, Jamie, as to what the story is with, with the importance of pelvic floor with respect to peronies? What's the story there? Yeah, essentially with a, you know, Pelvic floor is no different to two guys go to the gym and it takes one guy six weeks to get, you know, things going stronger and another guy takes, you know, another six weeks again or six months. So everyone's a little bit different, but with pelvic floor fitness comes increased blood flow. And so with increased blood flow, and this is this is really targeted exercise, but if you can develop the right, again, activation patterns, techniques, exercise prescription that help with the fitness of the pelvic floor, you're going to have improved blood flow. You're going to have increased increased penile health outside doing anything on the outside. You know, so for example, if you've got increased increased blood flow in you, there is no erectile function, and you're using the shockwave therapy or the penile pump, it's more the better. Mm. Yeah, and I know certainly that one of the medications we use, the Tadalafil, which is Cialis was its brand name originally. Its primary its primary function in Peyronie's disease is try and get more blood in there because it's got more oxygen and it's going to help the, the plaque repair yeah. um, as we as we break it down and stretch it out. So that all makes really good sense. And I think that, gee, you know, probably for the guys who are listening that uh, that have Peyronie's or you know talking to people that have Peyronie's, that that pelvic floor getting the blood flow into the penis properly is really quite critical. It, yeah, it certainly is. And it's uh, uh, Professor Lars Lunds from uh, 
the Netherlands, his research is, is actually highlighting that fact related um, to the... He, he uses his research is around uh, focused shockwave therapy, but he also brings in those other areas of recovery, including pelvic floor exercises as a way to the health of the organ, of, of the, the area, and to uh, make sure that the pathways are open for blood to flow. Um, and if we don't have that sense of, you know, like as Dr. Joe Milios says about the, the pelvic floor as the gateway to the penis, if the gate's not open, there's nothing getting through. And so then I think that that's, that's really, really important. You could actually waste a lot of time, money and um, energy doing all this other stuff if you, you know, if you, if you don't get the pelvic floor right, basically, I'm assuming. So it seems almost fundamental to get everything working working right, pelvic floor, traction, pumps, pills, stretching, you know, all that stuff, get it right and you're more likely to get a better outcome. Um, well, yeah, that's, that's certainly the way the research is starting to form. It's, it's, um, it, it's certainly growing. Sorry, Jamie. Um, I was just wondering, um, what's the normal referral pathway like to you? Like if I uh, have Peyronie's disease and I end up at the GP or the urologist, is it normal they would refer me to a physiotherapist or is it like just luck of the draw that some would refer me to a physiotherapist, some might just say I'll go get a traction device or I don't know what to do? Like from your experience, how does that referral pathway work? I think currently um, within where I'm located, it's not normal to be referred via a urologist uh, for peronies. Um, it's not really what's been done at this point. However, that's hopefully changing. Um, typically, uh, it may be via a, a general practitioner that wants to know a little bit more about it. Um, pharmacy, for sure. Um, other physios is a big part. If that conversation had come up in their post-prostatectomy, um, uh, or not even post-prostatectomy, just uh, in general conversation, how's your penis going, stuff like that. Would it be fair to say, Jamie, that a lot of blokes wouldn't seek help for this stuff? I reckon they'd push it under the, push it under the pillow, so to speak, until it got to the point where it was, you know, really bothersome and then you might do something about it at which stage, you know, you're a bit, frust- bit frustrated you didn't do something sooner. And my gut feel is possibly that a lot of people would actually go online and mm. type into Google, my penis is bent, what do I do? Yep. Um, and we see that come through through our website, a lot of guys coming and buying traction devices and I don't know that they've necessarily been referred to us by a medical practitioner. I think it's probably by self-research um, and, and I can tell you, having spoken to some of the guys that come directly to the website because they do, and we, we inevitably contact them to see what's going on. Can we help, you know, who's advising you what to do? Do you know what to do? To, do you know what to do with this incredibly expensive bit of kit you've just bought? What they tell us generally is that they don't really know what they're doing or they've, they've, been, they've been told to go and get a traction device by a doctor um, and, and come back and see us in a few months if it's still no good. And I think that that's disappointing. So I guess... There's a lot of people out there that are trawling the internet trying to figure out how to manage it, where to go, and perhaps the, the referral pathway isn't real clear at this point. No, and, and that's exactly it. So if you were to go to, say, a urologist's website and they talk about the treatment for Peroni's disease, it, you know, it may mention, for example, uh, medications, uh, traction pump uh, surgery. It doesn't mention physio, which I don't quite understand because the research is there. And when I did come across... Uh, Joe's paper last year I'm just like is this surely surely this is not out there um, but people don't know and so the people who are referring don't know well, those patients aren't going to come that way 
I guess too, uh, Jamie, part of the I mean, part of the reason we've had you on today, and it's certainly enlightening me. I mean, I'd always just think of a physio being more sport, muscular. You know, you've hurt your back, all those kind of things. And I guess you don't think. I guess you mentioned about the pelvic floor being the gateway to the penis, um, but just that awareness of people that there's this specialty area of physio that deals with these things. And it sounds like even in the medical community, um, the wider medical community, there maybe isn't that full-on awareness of this either. No, I, I, I think it's certainly growing. I think that the, um, the, the physios out there working in this area are working really hard to make sure that people know. Um, in the men's health space, uh, there's physios that have been doing it for a long time. And, and just now you might come across their name on something or whatever, and, you know, these are highly experienced physios working in this space to help men. Um, and it, it's, uh, I couldn't even imagine what it would be like to have something like this present and you haven't asked those questions of anyone mm. and you're just living with it. And then for someone like me, it's just all part of the conversation. How's your penile health? Um, how's your erectile function? You know, I think that they're just got to be normal questions in a, in a men's health physio, you, you need to ask, and it's it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's easy to be done. And you you actually ask about it at dinner parties. Like. <laughs> How's it going? Yeah, so I do. Well, I, yeah, my friends and that they all think it's quite funny with what I do as well. But I actually think it's one of the best jobs out. Yeah, yeah. and and they'd feel comfortable at least to maybe they wouldn't tell you at the dinner party in front of everybody, but no doubt. You know, in that quiet moment after when you're having a beer outside together, that that it'd come up and yeah, I mean that's how it works. So, I mean, it's, it's, it, nothing we can say is going to make it more easy for blokes to talk about it, but um, but getting in touch with the right person can make the world a difference. And I think that you know somebody like Jamie or you know Joe Milios or one of these one of the one of the physios that work in this men's health space is an absolutely invaluable resource um, to the multidisciplinary healthcare team to make sure that. The patient is being put at the centre of the decisions made to get the best outcome because at the end of the day, getting it resolved, and by resolved, I mean, I think it's realistic to assume that we're never going to have an arrow straight penis again, but if we can straighten it out to the point where it's functional for the purpose of intimacy, you know, that can make the world a difference to a bloke's mental health and um, and quality of life. So I, I think that's awesome, mate. I haven't got anything else particular to add, but I think that that's been super enlightening and, um, you know, I'd, I'd encourage any listeners who are, having trouble in that respect to, to reach out to, to Jamie or Men's Health Pelvic Floor Physio and, and see if you can't get it resolved. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, Jamie, for being our special guest today. If uh, people would like to contact you for more information, are you happy to share some details, please? Yeah, sure. It's uh, probably the email is one of the best ways to get hold of me, jamie at set2physio, the two's innumerable two, settophysio.com.au. There's also a website there. It does have pictures of me from about 10 years ago, but that's okay. So some patients tell me I need to change them because that's not me anymore. But anyway. Now, I know you're, you're based in Canberra, Jamie, but I assume if uh, someone else somewhere in Australia is uh, listening to this and trying to find like a referral to a, a good men's health physio who practices uh, similar to you do, you'd probably have some connections in other cities that you'd be able to refer them to. Surely do. Yeah. More than happy to help out, more than happy to answer any questions. Fantastic. Thanks for your time today, Jamie, and thanks, Brad. Thanks, Mark. Some of the information in this podcast may be of a medical nature, including discussions about medical conditions, treatments, and other insights related to patients' experiences. The opinions and advice articulated in the podcast are intended to be general in nature and do not constitute specific medical advice or opinion. Please refer to your own doctor or healthcare team or one of the Men's Health Done Under practitioners if you have a specific question or concern.